0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the twenty seventh episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I'm your host Katie M. Kane. With me is my co-host Will Terps. Yo yo. Tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, we have Paul Swift from Swift Solutions. We talk about the big crisis, yeah, man. What's up, dude? So hey guys, we had we had Paul on the uh, the lab testing episode. Uh, Earlier this year, so we made it past the six-month mark, and he hit me up a couple weeks ago saying, hey, man, I got cool sciencey stuff to say about that if you want to do an episode on it. I am like, hell
1: yeah, bro, hell yeah.
0: It just, uh, I, almost every single time I give someone a lift ride at work, that comes up in conversation because it's like, I don't know, I just like to talk about weed no matter what, even in the regular world, not just the podcast. And they, they would ask about the vape stuff. and
1: is that stuff safe? And I keep
0: I try to explain it in my turn, but I have the science science acumen that Paul Swift does, so I'm glad that he can come on here and explain everything in detail. Um, not just because he knows about it, but he works in, in a lab that, that tests mad carts on the Oregon rec market. So good you be on the show.
2: Appreciate you guys back on. It was I think it was uh, twelve or fourteen people um, that were the main focus of the article. Uh, there overall between those two states in six months there was about fifty two cases that were mentionable for acute respiratory distress. Those fifty two people um, were self identified to the hospital as the tobacco Papers, and um, it said I think I have the exact numbers here. Seventeen percent were nicotine only, and about forty-four percent smoked both. And can they
0: smoked can, dirt. Can oh. you say those? Can you say those numbers one more time? Yeah, it, it keeps
1: no.
3: uh,
0: it keeps lagging when Will jumps in and jumps out. So jump in, Will.
3: Like, <laughs> jump. Jump. Yeah, I just jumped. I'm jumping in now. Okay, My cool. shit Just crashed uh, on me.
0: Okay, it's cool. I them, right. it's can you, uh, can you say the numbers one just, more time? But...
2: Just real quick. So of those two states, Illinois and Wisconsin, where the heaviest study has been done, 52 people, uh, 44% of those people smoked full uh, okay. tobacco and cannabis products. And then you had about 17 were nicotine only. So unfortunately, it kind of lends to the idea that cannabis products were probably a larger contributor. And then um, about 40% of those people smoked only cannabis products. There was one notable product, and I'll just put it out there in case anybody's listening out in those uh, area codes. But the Dank Vape quote unquote label uh, was one in particular to stay away from. It seemed like a lot of the patients, I think 14 of those patients, had used that product. Um,
1: DAPE? DAPE?
2: Dank Vape. Dank Vape. Yeah. So Watch, out babes. <laughs> Watch out for Dave
0: vapes. God damn it. Watch
2: out. And uh, so if you if you extrapolate out that was about 6 months, you had about 50 people. Um, I think if if you do the math, it's about 100 people for the two states in a year. You got 50 states. Maybe around we're talking about affecting 2500 people in the United States potentially. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really account for population and stuff, but um, just to put those numbers out there, we're talking about across the United States within a year projecting about 2,500 cases of these severe respiratory illnesses. So far less than the hundreds of thousands that are going to die in the same year from tobacco,
1: cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah, so
2: I, I think that's the point that we all want to make clear to everybody is that it's not quite the epidemic that um,
0: that it's portrayed exactly. to be in the media, man. Exactly.
2: So I, I yeah. do I do feel a little bit liberated in, in finding these facts because I think that was kind of the consent, what we all thought. Um, one other thing yeah. I'll point out is that of those fifty two patients, uh, twenty five of them had a history of. Um, asthma or some type uh, of... Uh,
0: that's, that's like you know, half of them, bro. I, that's that's significant
2: I mean? to me. It yeah. seems like these people yeah. all kind of had somewhat of a predisposition to respiratory ailments. Yeah.
1: Um, I
2: can't say I'm not a medical doctor, but that seems to be a significant uh, statistic to me of those people. Um, I'm not going to downplay the, the ailments that they seem to um, portray because they were some of them were significant. Um, I think about 40% of them ended up having to have assisted breathing in some fashion, whether it was oxygen assistance or positive, oh, positive respiratory assistance. Um, Damn. I think about 30% of those 52 people were put into the intensive care unit and, um, Damn. they seem to all, what about, and, what about then, age? Uh, Is there any age, data on, these are on all actually their, like 15 to 45 range. So younger people wow,
1: Damn, and crazy.
2: none of them, none of them had, um, and the, the other thing I'll point out too, is none of them had predisposition to, uh, deficiency. None of them seemed to have, um, any other bacterial or viral, uh, respiratory problems at all, which is what I thought initially is maybe these people were already, um, uh, compromise medically, but it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems kind of just be like semi-normal people kind of walking in off the streets and having these symptoms, which is a little probably but more why it's scary for these people because otherwise these are pretty healthy individuals. But yeah. the the condition that they're exhibiting is not an unknown condition. Um, it's they, they liken it to something called lipoid pneumonia. Which, you know, pneumonia is something we're all familiar with, and lipoid just means that you basically kind of breathe in oil-like products, which is basically kind of what we're assuming happens with black market vaporizers and e-cigarettes, is that people are actually putting in oils and cutting agents to try to cut what they're smoking, and they're developing this condition that's normally seen like in chefs that work in heavy oil kitchens,
0: Yeah, or people that
2: work
1: in the
0: automotive industry. Lipor? Is it like related to lipid? Like lipids? That's that's where the word is derived from. Okay, cool. Yeah. uh, What the fuck were they called? Serious extracts. Their their sales guy, when I was at uh, Human Collective, um, he was trying to like talk about the purity of their shatter because it would be like ninety percent on the lab sometimes. I'm like, how the fuck do you get? You know, there's still color in there. I didn't understand. It seemed like a little inflated. He was, talk, sure. he was really? talking about uh shatter being safer than wax because wax has lipids in it. And he was saying that your lungs don't really have a a system to pull those oily like molecules and shit out. Like it's like anything else particulates, your your mucus system usually grabs it up and gets it out. But he said it, it doesn't your mucus system doesn't work as well on lipids. So that I remember him yeah. saying that to me in like 2014, 2015, something like that. So, uh, that does make sense, man.
2: Yeah, it's, um, and, and yeah, I totally concede that point. I, I wasn't really thinking about it in terms of like the natural waxes and stuff because I know I'm a big fan of dabbing and things, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, the more typical cut, the more typical oils people are using now or the, the ones that we should be, able to, you know, more concerned about are like your typical cutting agents, ethylene glycol, propylene glycol, glycerin, those are typical ones more familiar but people are also starting to use, at least in our neck of the woods, um, other classes of compounds. One popular one is a true terpenes product called flavorless terpenes.
1: And, uh, <laughs>
2: It's it's basically a squalene molecule. Um, it's a terpene, a terpenoid compound. Uh, again, that word squalene, but it's basically a long chain molecule that has no perceivable flavor or scent. But it decreases the viscosity of the concentrate, and you know allows them to cut it. And it's a very expensive additive, and it makes people a lot of money because they add it in high concentrations to their distillate. Yeah, um, that's that's a really bad one. That you know we don't know what the effects are. I have a paper about lipoid m- pneumonia being caused by inhalation of swaline, So it seems to be the same kind of thing. Mineral oil, vitamin E. These are also things that we're seeing in products that are should be avoided at all costs.
0: Yeah, I remember reading an article. There was there was some sort of it was on IG, some company it was called Honey or something. Ah. It was a cutting agent. And it was yeah. the same same principle to get it to the right viscosity for a cartridge. And the company was just selling that shit only, no cartridge. That,
1: that
2: was the was vitamin E part. guys. Yeah, I hope e, they get it. Ah.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there was a video I saw, um, my friend posted it probably like a week and a half or ago or so. It was uh, some guy dabbing. Um, a, I think he was dabbing like a fake diamond. I don't know, probably ordered off the internet or something Uh, with a silicone carb cap, no less. Um, But <laughs> as he was dabbing it, you see it melt and, and it's like, it's not really melting. It's kind of like, you know, flaming up a bit in the banger. So you're kind of wondering like, what the fuck is that? And then he Dude. literally like mid-dab he pulls around. away. F- yeah, he pu- yeah, it bounces. Yeah, exactly. And he pulls away from the dab and he's got, like, white, like, residue all over his mouth and, like, all over the rig and shit. And he start, he just goes, like, Ugh. It's like, Jesus. Like, you yeah. know, I don't know that what that – exactly, though. yeah, Absolutely. what would uh, cause that exactly. But, you know, <laughs> Jesus, you know, <laughs> regardless, there's it's, so many uh, people willing to buy whatever off the internet, you know, for smokable products. And just like, it's shit.
0: Yeah. And the the cutting I remember uh it was before shit went wreck. I think it was golden extracts. They had on their packaging the the test result for the was for the oil, right? And so it's like sixty five percent or whatever THC. But yeah. it's like after the fact they were using a cutting agent. And so what you were actually getting as far as proportion and percentage it was way less than 60% THC in the fucking cartridge. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Jeez. So, uh, yeah. That was I a know. long
0: time ago. Like, And that was just on getting, getting gypped on how much oil you're getting. But now it's like an actual safety issue, which I think is good. So. Yeah, it's, yeah.
2: It's unfortunate. We've uh, started testing specifically for these adulterants in a, in a, in a, a separate test.
0: Um, yeah man so what kind of stuff have you been finding in the lab results out there in oregon man as far as bad shit what's going to make something fail you know what i mean
2: well the unfortunate thing is is that none of these things we're talking about will make a product fail
0: because there's no
1: regulation
2: good or bad for them. so we're looking for them because we're trying to stay ahead of the curve and hopefully the state might adopt more strings of laws to the addition of those adulterants. But for right now, we're just identifying them for our own records, really.
1: That's dope.
2: Um, you know, we're people that want to verify what they're, what they're smoking. And, you know, we accept samples through the mail and stuff like that. Even, you know, CBD products a lot more heavily these days.
0: Um, That's tight, man.
2: Yeah.
0: How much does it cost? Like, say, say, I went and bought ten packages of gummies down here in AZ. And if if I sent one of them to you, how much would it cost to get? <laughs> we'd, it? we'd hook you
2: up with the deal, but um, the going rate for a pesticide advisory is two hundred dollars.
1: Okay. And
2: that gets you, um, and that would include the 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 adulterants. It, so right now we don't have a test for adulterants, but about two hundred dollars would test you for the pesticides. And um, some of the adulterants we mentioned that glycols and um, solvents, those we run on a solvents test, which I guess is a hundred dollars. So a hundred dollars for the solvents. Um, Some of the other adulterants like squalene, we run on a terpene analysis and we would probably have to just include that in with it. But I mean, to answer your question, a hundred dollars is about what we would charge, but
1: um, you know, yeah, it's, It's more if
0: you want. My bad. Okay, so my homie, uh, my neighbor owns the store at our apartments. And one time he took me to the distributor store where they got like shit tons of tobacco and like little rigs from China, you know, and stem pieces, like everything, dude. But they had their CBD section. Was fucking huge, dude. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like, damn. It's and so many load. different companies. Yeah, dude. So many different packages. Like I was like, Fuck. I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't I, even know. I bet you where half of them,
2: half of them, maybe a third of them don't have any CBD. Yeah. I would say you know of the remaining sixty percent, about ten percent probably have the level that they claim on the package.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, it didn't seem like, uh, like it it's was.
1: regulated.
0: It's not regulated very well at all, and I didn't know. I, I grabbed one to look for any lab test that looks similar to Oregon's labels.
1: Uh, there's there's
2: no either. requirement testing, but Oregon's starting to change that, but slowly, uh, we, you know, without the regulation, uh, the variability, I, I think. I, I, Putting a plug out for Netflix's show Rotten or Rotted.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: But, uh, if you watch the episode on cannabis, it's very informative. Um, but they're right, on you f- know, the making edibles. edibles repeatable and stuff is very. Yeah, uh,
1: it, it seems difficult for people.
0: Fuck and yeah, dude. It's like you have to grow all the weed yourself and it has to be the same fucking monocrop and you have to run all the oil yourself and distill it the same fucking way every single time. Like, it's impossible, dude. Like, there's it's 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 definitely
1: difficult. And um,
2: we fail a lot of edibles because they don't have too much variability sample to sample. Um, So that's something that does happen.
0: Oh, damn. So like, what's the requirement? Does it have to be within 10% of the last batch or something like that? It has to
2: be a a 15% relative percent difference between the two samples, the primary and duplicate sample. So, you know, if one has 100, um, the other one has to be between 115
0: and
2: 85. Give or take, that's a rough estimate, but yeah, something like that.
0: How Uh, often do you guys fail? How often do you guys fail some? Probably
2: about twenty to twenty-five percent of the time.
0: Damn.
1: So a that lot would more be a people. Bummer. Are,
2: yeah, are getting out of the game because they can't. They they don't have the consistency. But I'll also throw it out there too that testing for edible content is much more difficult than just testing for flour concentrate. So our job's much more difficult, and it's to be honest, um, without all the experience that we've gained over the years. Um, it, it, it's it was even hard for us to do edibles a couple of years ago. I feel pretty solid about our edible game now, but um, they require you know sometimes weeks or months in development of uh, developing a standard operating procedure for extracting it so that you get reliable results. Because
1: yeah, it's very
2: it's very possible too that they're making totally good edibles in the labs just screwing up. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, like, that's why companies are starting to use distillate now, too, is because it's you can get yep. it to basically 90% and then fucking put in whatever your dosage is for each each piece. And...
2: It seems much easier to dose out isolate or distillate. Um, yeah. But I will say this, for the CBD products in particular, I'm of the school of thought that the full-spectrum extracts of the hemp plant have exponentially more uh medical benefit immediately to the patient than uh cbd gained or isolate and it's unfortunate and i hate to say that as a scientist because you know potato potato it shouldn't matter but it does seem that we're unable to really quantify the medical benefits seen by a full spectrum oil or like a rick simpson oil or something that's More inclusive of all of the medical components of the plant and not
0: just that isolated form, yeah, man. It's got everything in there. Like, that's my cousin Trina, she was a chemist, man. And I I, I called her to ask questions one time, and that's what she told me. Like, when I worked in Seattle, I quit doing dabs because my heart started hurting, Mm -hmm.
1: you know
0: what I mean? And it it just uh, I swear to god, it was the pesticides, and that's before I learned that. They would be concentrated in the oil just like the THC would. Is before I learned all that. But when I called her to ask her, why could my heart be hurting from fucking doing this shit? And she just said, I don't know about that. She goes, I would just be worried about stuff that helps you as far as medicine and the flowers not making it into the oil. She's like, that's what I would worry about. You might not be getting all of your medicine if you just do the dabs, even though it's concentrated. And I was like, God damn.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, um, I, I have a lot of family, I have a lot of friends that I send um, a CBD lotion and olive oil and stuff like that to whatever their particular method of ingestion is. But um, I, I can tell you it's funny because the batches of lotion that I used isolate for um, like versus the batches that I used um, the full spectrum oil for. Yeah. They, they told me it was night and day in the relief they received for their arthritis or um, their Crohn's disease or whatever oh, it was. Cute, but, um, you know, and that's, I didn't tell them what the particular ingredients were and they, they just told me that kind of uh, empirical knowledge. So I, I, do, I do fully believe that. Uh,
1: that's tight. Just
2: because, like you said, everybody's putting an isolate or distillate because. It's, it's legally safer and they feel less likely to be, um, you know, attacked by the federal government because as long as it doesn't have THC in it, it's a lot easier to say it wasn't from cannabis. But with the new regulations about agricultural hemp, as long as the input products were derived from legally identified agricultural hemp, it shouldn't matter how much THC is in it, which is a crazy thought, but that's the way the law is written right now. So if I go out to an Oregon hemp field that's growing agricultural hemp under an agri-license in the state, and I make a distillate from it, and it ends up with a five or, let's say, five percent THC. Yeah. I can put that into gummies and stuff and sell it as a CBD hemp product, and there should be no beef with the states and the federal government.
0: That's tight. Yeah, because that's um, uh, that's the thing I've been reading about raids too. Is that they're saying that the THC content was too high on their crop, and so that's why. That
2: so as long as as long as you brew it and it, and and you got it tested. And you have a certificate from somebody like us that says that you met the state's requirement for growing agricultural hemp. Yeah. In theory, there should be no limits to the THC. It shouldn't even be a consideration because of the way the law is written. So I know what you're saying. The law right now is uh, 0.3% THC content by mass.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: and if it's more than that, it's considered cannabis. If it's less than that, it's considered hemp. But, um, you know, as long as it's less than that and it's hemp, whatever you make from it, it shouldn't matter how much THC is in there. Which again, I, I only mention it is because I see, I've seen in Arizona at Head West in Tucson, um, people selling CBD flour for smoking. And it, it probably yeah. has, you know, a point three percent THC in it, but it might have two percent THCA in it. So yeah, you're still gonna get very high. Yeah. Um, but they sell it in smoke shops, which I find very interesting. So I feel like it's gonna get a little bit goofier before it gets better. But you might start seeing CBD products on the market that you get high from.
0: Yeah, some of the fucking the CBD guys on IG too dude like their flower looks butter I'm like god damn it's purple it's fucking trichomes
1: all over I'm like oh, oh
2: yeah we've seen some beautiful hemp you know 18 20% hemp um yeah. that looks just like CBD looks like just like cannabis um I will say too just cuz I don't know if you guys have seen any of this coming out but uh, uh cbga which is like the precursor to all the other cannabinoids
1: Some people
2: have started getting their hands on hemp that grows CBGA, so it doesn't produce very much THC or CBD. It only produces CBG, but uh, that's a new thing that you're probably going to start seeing in the next year or two as it spreads out more and more.
0: That's dope, man. Yeah. So do you guys get many uh, hemp farms testing with you?
2: Yeah, I would say right now we're in about we're in the the end of it, but we're in the harvest season, as we say in the outdoor um, hemp harvest is still coming through, and it's about thirty percent of our business right now. Damn. So about, you know, there's tens of thousands of acres of hemp in Oregon right now, and uh,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, there's a lot of it.
0: Yeah, because that's uh if I set up shop in Oregon again, that's probably what I want to do just because it's, it's all based on volume, man, you know, and, and I can do that shit, especially outside, so... Yeah, I um, think,
2: what's the safer market? It doesn't to have do. to be as
0: pretty. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be pretty for retail, you know what I mean? It's getting taken down with the fucking combine and turned into oil or something else. Yep,
2: and I, I think that you can make, you know, really good products with it, um, but I will mention that too, is that I've also done a lot of research into CBD and, you know, um, one of the things that's kind of uh, undermentioned is, you know, the actual amount of CBD you have to ingest to actually have an effect. Because a lot of people take far less CBD than is necessary to even really have much of an effect on them. Um, 10 milligrams
0: ain't shit, man.
2: And, you know, especially when that 10 milligrams, you know, you might only absorb two of those milligrams into your body, and about eight of them are going to go right through. Yeah. Um, That seems to be about 10 10 to
1: 20% seems to be about the oral availability for it.
0: Yeah. Um, Is there anybody uh, uh, making products other than, like oil or distillate with their hemp farms? Like, is there anybody making fiber products or or like wood products or anything?
2: We have, um, I haven't seen as much fiber. Um, You see some fibrous material come through because when farms are processing, like you said, large scale, combine oil processing, um, a large percentage of that is woody biomass material. Yeah. So we will see some of that come through. Uh, we have since some people that are growing seeds because they're in the, seal, the seed selling side of things.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: some people selling hemp seeds for a dollar a seed is about average price right now.
0: Damn, that's tight. i seen uh Heroes of the Farm. They they had like some kind of uh, auto flower, barley oh. soup, cross. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, damn, that shit looks tight. Um, it was like a big ass a big ass bag with their sticker on it.
2: Yeah, a uh, Harley C's a big, a big uh, CBD hemp flower that we see a lot of. Um, we work with um, one of the big farms out here is the Iverson Family Farms. And yeah. uh, they work with Charlotte's Web out of Denver. So Charlotte's Web does get a lot of their hemp from Oregon.
0: Work. So there's a company called Charlotte's Web?
2: Yeah, they're actually the ones that own the strain.
0: Oh uh, okay I, I yeah there, I remember I ran that outside Yeah that shit was bomb I ran it outside a couple of years
2: Yeah it's it's a good one they're supposedly the, the founder of it or is the only came up with that genetics and uh they're one of the biggest CBD producers in a uh Colorado
0: That's tight man Shout yeah. out to Charlotte's Web man Yeah <laughs> uh, Dynasty Genetics too they they took that oh. uh Oregon huckleberry it's like Charlotte Huckleberry Web, and oh, dude, it yeah. fucking tastes yeah. bomb, dude. It's like four percent THC and then like eleven percent CBD or something.
3: that's so funny. Yeah, let's let's also I don't I don't think they have anything to do with it. It's like I also don't want to make sure we're thanking people like the Stanley Brothers, who you know they develop CBD strains and then they push for CBD only legis- legislation yeah. in. Newly in like states that are going, you know, wreck so that they can take over the market.
2: I, I feel you. There's so much dirty stuff going on right now, especially the companies that are trying to own the uh, the genetics. Um, Phylos is a company out here that, yeah. when they first started, they were awesome. What they were doing, trying to map out the genetic genome, you know, globally of all cannabis. And then it turns out the whole time they're just backdoor saving everybody's genetics so that they can
1: take it for their own and claim it as their own. Yep. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah, we Finally tried us. to ask them to come on. We tried to ask them to come on the show, but they, they didn't want
2: to yeah. listen to us
0: ask them questions.
2: Yeah, they're uh, yeah I mean, I, I, I'll talk, i talk. For better or worse, I'll pretty much honestly answer any question you guys have about any of those big companies and stuff, too, if I, if I know about them, because uh, I I think that the biggest problem with C B D being unregulated is the amount of injury that we're unknowingly giving to patients because of the pesticides and the solvents. And I I can promise you that many of the very large big companies that claim to be safe and care about the people are the biggest people that are perpetrating the worst type of things.
0: Yeah. So, like, when... So, I remember companies saying that, you know, like, they could take your shitty dark slabs and turn it into distillate, and even if it was dirty, they could cook the, the pesticides out of it, too. Yeah. Is there any truth in that? And, like, how... Is there a certain temperature that they have to reach for a certain amount of time or something? Like,
2: So... I'll say yes and no, um, there are there are a lot of ways that you can remediate pesticides from yeah. um, concentrates and stuff like that. Uh, but I'll also say that there's a difference between removal and remediation and just breaking them down into something that we can't identify because a lot of times uh. um, pesticides have a very short uh, half-life you know, a day, a week, a month, something like that. And then they break down, and instead of one molecule, you have two halves of a molecule. Now, the unfortunate thing is is those two halves might cause cancer just as much as the full one did, but we can't test for those halves. We can only test for the full thing. Uh,
1: So I'll also
2: say that a lot of people Uh. just break them down, and a lot of people don't actually remove them. So those are, those are, you should recognize those as two very different processes, but to answer your question, yes, I don't know if that's what most people do or not. I know of a few ways that you can do it, but, um, generally the quality of your material is like, like for example, if I remediate pesticides from a distillate, um, it's, it's more difficult than remediating from a live resin. Um, ah. Because one's acidic and the other one's deep carbonated. Um, yeah. So things like that matter to you. You almost have to treat it on a case by case basis. But the best rule of thumb is just don't put them in. You don't gotta take
1: them out.
0: <laughs> yeah, know? dude. Serious. And uh, guys, don't like that question. Like gardening guys, like man. So what do you? What did you on this shit? What do you yeah. mean? I'm like
1: yeah <laughs> like,
0: you know i'm like simple question dude what did you spray on it like and, and if i could imagine flower or anything it doesn't like i don't care they come
2: and some of them are systemic so they stay with the plant for the whole life it's like kids take yeah it out, the
0: tissue. fucking uh. eagle 20 bro eagle 20 in seattle bro i swear everybody was using that shit because it was like uh, a bunch of cali folks and uh yeah. County folks got game, man. Like, that shit would kill mold and bugs, and it, you wouldn't have no fucking issues, but fuck, it's bad for you. And it was systemic. It's, we'd, we'd spray it in veg, but that shit's in there all the way yeah. to the end. Man.
2: We still see that once in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, dude.
2: The other, uh, let's see what I'm going to say. Um, you know, but there's so many natural pesticides that are completely legit. Like, Nick. Like some people use like uh, tobacco juice, it it seems to work very well for some of our clients, and they don't have any problems. And um, we we even added a test for nicotine to see if we could find it on the cannabis label. We couldn't find it.
0: Yeah, um, that's tight. Because that's yeah. man, that's I, I like to smoke blunts, and that's yeah. <laughs> I remember asking Will. I remember asking Will about that. what if I dipped a dab in some fucking nicotine e juice, like. Wouldn't the yeah. facts really be similar? And would it be safe? You know what I mean. Is it okay to fucking throw that shit in the banger with my with my dad? Is it gonna yeah. kill me? You know what I mean. I'm like, i like, mean,
3: as safe as e juice gets.
0: Yeah.
2: I was gonna say too, and I hate to say it because my my girlfriend uses a jewel, but um, and I, I hit that thing too. But I really shouldn't. I I would advise people to move away from any kind of e cigarette juice, and and it's just because. Those very safe additives that they use—the polyethylene glycol, propylene glycol, ethylene glycol, glycerin, whatever—it's those things turn into formaldehyde and benzene and um, these other compounds. And, and I don't like saying it because I wish it wasn't true, but unfortunately, yeah. it's just—it's just science. It's and nice. I can't Yeah. It. Um, and and like I said, I I took my uh, somebody who had a subo. And, uh, e-juice thing and we turned it over and put it into one of our headspace samplers and we ran it um you know we cranked the, the electricity up or whatever the output and you know sure enough we had like 20 or 30 compounds that all had library matches for very similar compounds to some aldehydes and formalin Damn. and um, those are those are fix fixitants so it actually will preserve yeah. your lungs like like a, a piece of
1: tissue in formaldehyde. Wow, and, um, that's um, not good. And basically the yeah. problem is the
2: thing that we're, we're doing to ourselves when we do this over and over again is you basically, like some of the, the things, is you basically kind of build up scar tissue and it, it affects your ability for your lower lungs or your to to uptake oxygen. So the number another observation that all these patients had was uh, their oxygen saturation which is that thing they put on your finger when you go into the doctor's office and it tells you uh, basically how well your body is absorbing oxygen when you're breathing um, mm-hmm. their oxygen sats were down like it should be at 98 99% at all times and theirs were anywhere between 65 to 92 and that's really low. So they're constantly struggling for air, and that's and these you know, were
3: and these were people that are using like Joule, like uh, tobacco, right? Like e-cigarettes. It,
2: and again, it's it, 30, about forty-four percent of these people were both using nicotine products and cannabis vaporizer products. Um, so it's really hard to say which one was the biggest contributing factor. But from what I can tell. More people smoked cannabis products than, you know, both are only cannabis than the people that smoked both are only
1: nicotine.
0: So yeah, it was it, it like seems, 40%, 40% it, were cannabis or something like that.
2: Yeah, it really seems to be, like you said, the honey bucket or honey cut, whatever that stuff was, really screwed people up. And um, vitamin E, mineral oil, squalene, vegetable oil, MCT oil. Don't put MCT oil in
3: your carts. That's basically like uh, coconut oil. And um, I have to, and- I have to. Go ahead, sorry. Finish off. No, uh, no, please go ahead. I was done. No, I was just saying, is this is this like strictly for like vaping, or are you finding that th- this is the case with like people who dab a lot, like cannabis, or or is this just? You know, I,
2: I can't comment so much on that. I'm, I'm speaking okay. more specifically to
1: uh, cartridges. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And,
2: and so, yeah, and, and pre-pack cartridges of like that. Not even, like, if you fill your own dab carts, you know um, you know what you put in there. But. Yeah. Right, 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 right.
0: Yeah, because so, uh, one of my homies, he has one of those little stinger pens that's yeah. not a cart. It's just got a little heating element like yeah. a I think it's made out of porcelain or something, I mean he changes it out like every week or so. And yeah. he, that's what he'd say too. Is like, man, this shit's way safer. You know what I mean? Like, I can if buy. You know what you're putting or, in.
2: One thing know, I that. I wish I could have answered for you tonight. Um, I, I I tried to get it done, but it'll have to be for another uh, another podcast, perhaps. But we got a new instrument in that lets us quantify uh, metals. Uh, heavy metal testing is kind of a big new thing in the hemp
3: yeah, and, dude, I, I, saw I was a post. just about to say something about yeah, that. I saw <laughs> yeah. a post
0: about that too. Metal
3: fume fie- fever and, you know, like the soldering, you know, people thinking like the soldering of the, like the forging of the metals, like cr- when creating the cartridges to be something they could potentially off gas when heated. You know, I, I don't yeah. know anything about that so you know and, and that's what i'm
2: trying maybe. to to figure out too because it's very non-specific but what i did is i um, we just got our ice it's called an icpms um that you do those testing on and we just got ours up and working in the last week so i haven't prepared these samples for it yet but basically for what sure. i did for is sure. i i took a cartridge and i broke it down into its separate components like you know the, the gaskets or the o-rings the glass body yeah. The metal tube um, and the filament in particular is what I'm interested in because if if we find these heavy metals in the filament material, that's what you're talking about is you heat that thing up and you're going to off-gas heavy metal particulates and things like that, which will be very detrimental to your lungs. Totally. Totally.
3: Um, But I, I do remember them saying like, at least like... Initial studies, and I don't know, like, there's no, I don't have a source for this, but saying, like, you know, that, like, less than, you know, like, 0.01% of cartridges failed initial, like, uh, you know, like, yeah, like metal toxicity test or or whatever, um, whatever
2: the and, test was. And I really wish I could speak more to it because I know it's going to be a hot topic here soon. So you know, uh, follow back up with me, and I hope within a couple of months of just collecting data, I'll have much more uh, well,
1: much sure, more information sure, so.
2: to pass along. But just, just we we did run two samples, and um, and I and I can't even say if this is a lot or a little. I think it would be technically over the suggested testing limits, but uh, we found about 800 parts per billion, or about one part per million, of uh, lead, and um, we test for lead, cadmium, arsenic, and uh, one other one of but I think it was lead and cadmium we found in about one part of the million, which I think is a, is gonna be above the actual limit. So we would fail nice. that, that hemp. Um, but again, I, I don't know because it, it is that bad in the grand scheme of things. I don't know if concentrates will will or if extracts will concentrate this heavy metal material or not.
0: Um, a lot is, of that, is that there. because is that because hemp uh, remediates the soil so well? Absolutely. Is it just pulling that shit out of the dirt, that's why? So, like, Absolutely. anything that's bad in the soil is, damn, that's yep. crazy.
2: But to be honest, I'm going to also test uh, liquid nutrients because I, I just don't know. Maybe there's a bunch of liquid nutrients and people that hydro or whatever will run into similar issues. I just can't say at this time.
0: Yeah, because I remember... Uh, yeah, certain bottles of nudes, and then even my, my soil amendments I would buy from the, the farm store. Like, it, uh, would say, it would say that there are heavy metals in this shit, and so, well, wow, that might be a The question like, is, is how much. Yeah, dude, damn. So that might be a downside to my whole organic shit, man. <laughs> No-till might yeah, not I... be the only way, you know what I mean? Don't, don't yeah. amend nothing. Just throw some fucking shit on there and some compost.
2: Yeah. And one uh, interesting observation that we noticed, and and this is, it's been hard for us to, to gather this information, because this is really our second year of testing hemp, but it does seem to be that if you grow hemp on the same field two years in a row, the second harvest will be far less significant in size and yield, because if it drinks up all the nutrients and stuff out of the soil very quickly it seems.
0: Well like would the second crop uh test lower in heavy metals and shit?
2: I, I, I would assume it would too. I, I believe it would just be, you know, testing lower and everything, but um but yeah, this the same farm with the, you know grew one specific genetics. They grew uh, you know, two acres of it last year and then this year they grew four acres um, they regrew it on two of the acres they grew last year and two new acres, same strain all the way across the board, and they have almost twice the yield on the new field as they did on the field that they grew on last year. Just
1: yeah the yield. Um, I don't that's know about wild, the specific bro. potency, but.
0: That's wild. But yeah, so these people like might that,
2: have to rotate their fields. Compost. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: and and add compost to each row. It's like get, get a truck to do a line. You know yeah, I mean? you might,
2: yeah, you might. Yeah, you might have to bring back in soil to, to fortify it, or grow nitrogen fixing plants in the off season or something.
0: Yeah, damn, that's dope, man. Good info, Paul. <laughs> man, like, yeah,
2: because you know you're not really gonna know that until you've grown a few seasons, and by then it's like, oh shit, <laughs> yeah, it's too late now. <laughs> so
1: Dude, you
2: know things to things to understand because a lot of people don't test their soil for NPK or nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, but yeah.
3: That
2: would yeah. be something you'd want to track year after
0: year to figure out if you can continue to maintain yields. No doubt, man. Damn, that gives me a lot of shit to think about. Man. <laughs> like yeah,
1: because
0: that you know, like that's that's how I would choose my amendments. Was what the NPK content was. You know what I mean? I'm right. Like, when I, would, I I would use, I would put more mm-hmm. um, like blood meal and nitrogen type shit in my tea. During the veg phase, just because I felt like I would get more bacteria breaking those down in the solution that I would pour on the plant, so I'm like, in theory, this is working in my head, but it's like uh, yeah. there's a whole bunch of other shit I was not even thinking about now that I'm like, whoa. <laughs> 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 like, the
2: dude, the pH know. of the solution, I think, when you're when you're feeding them, is very important. And on a previous farm I worked yeah. at, they they didn't always take care of pH down their solution,
0: yeah. you know,
2: I I feel like a lot of times we are killing our plants, (laughs) or...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've made tea too hot in bloom, for sure, with fucking... Yeah. I went overboard for the first couple weeks, and then it was like, okay, don't use so much, just use a little bit. Yeah, it's hard to dial
2: it in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it took a minute. Different
2: times a year too. Another observation we've noticed is a lot of people's potency numbers go down in the summertime.
0: Um, when they light up or something, like if they light uh, up, and even even there.
2: indoor, even indoor growers, because it seems that inevitably the plants will will be heat stressed relative yeah. to the wintertime. And that affects the potency numbers and the numbers go down and they always blame us. Like it's our fault in the lab. Like we must have
1: some systemic
2: problem or we're just giving everyone lower potency numbers or something. But in reality, I think that's just again, another kind of macro observation
1: of what's going on in a lot of farms.
0: Yeah, dude. When I was at Kings of Canada, I can't remember the, the name of the farm but they had this uh critical mass pheno that was 15 and 15 15 percent cbd 15 percent thc and it was like yeah every Jeez. time they brought it in and then it's like they they brought one in the summer and it was like 12 and 13 and it was fucking hella stringy and i was just like man what the fuck and they're yeah. like well i'm like this don't look like the last batch and they're like well I'm like, did you guys not turn your AC on when it got fucking hot that last week? Because there was like three days of 90 degrees in Portland, and they just oh, looked at yeah. they just looked at me like, how the fuck do you know that? I'm like, it just looks like it fucking got hot, bro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, bro. you yeah, can see it. it. Yeah, like it, it looked. the The flower just looked like it was stressed the fuck out, and the the yield was lower. But the the lab result was too. It was. Here's and it's so
2: old. hard for us to convince a grower that it's them and not
0: us. Yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that shit. Like, Fuck yeah,
2: i
1: sorry. We were dying, bro. Yeah, you.
2: I wish I had a dollar for every time I had a fight with a grower or processor to try to explain to them, you know, 52 different directions that our science is legit and it's really just low numbers. Like, I've, I've had people that have you know, threatened to fight me almost because of Jesus. I'm telling them a result. Like uh this this one business owner asked me if I was if I was ready to lose my job over that result I just
1: Jesus Christ. And I was wow. like, you know man <laughs> he, you
2: know, he felt like his reporting with the owner would, you yeah. know, and he told me he goes, I'm going to another lab and if I find out that you're wrong, I'm suing you and I You know, I I happily told him that I wish him well. And, you know, I I said, well, I look forward to seeing those other results. And the funniest part was is the other lab, the results came back even lower than ours were. So, you know, he had to eat his words, but it's.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) It happens a lot.
1: Proof is in the pudding, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Science is the ultimate, you know, arbiter.
0: (laughs) No doubt. Uh, Oh. shit dude so we're we're pretty close to an hour now like is there is there anything else you want to talk about uh the cartridge stuff dude like um Uh-oh. is there is there like any like can you elaborate more on it's like the cutting agents that go in are labeled safe on their containers that you purchase them in but once you heat them up, like they turn into shit that is not good for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and um, you can see it too if you want to get bored and kind of look at some of the molecules, you'll, you can see just how similar they are. Um, for example, uh, one of the solvents that we use here is called um, acetonitrile, and um, it's a semi-polar solvent but uh, if you were to heat it up very hot, it'll actually turn into cyanide. Yeah. So, oh,
1: that's you know, not good, Daniel, man.
2: We, no. we work with it. We always have gloves on, you know, um, technically, you know, everything has a, a, an action limit and a personal exposure limit, excuse me. Very, you, you can touch it. You can drink it even. But if you heat it up, all of a sudden it becomes something that's very, very deadly. And it's the same thing. So I, I would just ask people to, if, if you don't believe it, grab a science book or, you know, put your trust into a scientist when they tell you that um, the thermal decomposition of uh, these safe, common uh, additives and molecules. I'm not, you know, I'm not arguing that polyethylene glycol and propylene glycol and glycerin aren't safe. You can drink them, you can eat them, you can rub them all over your body. But if you heat them up under a coil with a very high current, you will thermally oxidize and decompose these products.
0: Yeah, Um, thermal decomposition. That's a dope fucking phrase,
2: man. I'll even say too that terpenes, and I hate to say this, but um, I, I need to do a little bit more research into it. I found some articles that just talk about even the oxidation product of terpenes can cause respiratory ailments and things like that. So I think that the name of the game is is uh, uh, stay away from any kind of additive. The the more pure cannabinoid, the concentrate you're dabbing or smoking is, the better for you.
0: Yeah, just um, do dabs, kids. Just do dabs. Yeah. Carts. Carts are cut. Yeah, I don't and, know of any cartridges. That's you of cart cutting agent. Do it the bubble like test.
2: I, I always do the bubble test. If you turn the cartridge upside down and you see the bubble of air move through, don't smoke
1: it. <laughs> oh Define
3: cutting agent though. Just anything cut with a, a cart. Like what was uh, cutting? Yeah.
2: Agent? A cut. Oh, so yeah. to me, anything besides a cannabinoid or a terpene is a cutting agent. Okay, so what I'll about qualify this? that even further: a terpene that is derived from
3: cannabis. From okay. okay so what a, like echo electuary does a lot of um like half and half like live resin and distillate cards would you consider that
2: um as as long as all that's going into was was you know live resin that was uh properly um processed so that there's no more extraction solvent in it you know yeah live resins Tend to, 10 to have a little bit more butane and stuff you know, because uh, people have a harder time taking it out of it. Um, but yeah, assuming there's no other solvents, that, that's totally fine because the live resin came right from the plant. There wasn't any additives. And that oh, yeah. distillate, as long as that distillate didn't have anything to put back into it after the fact, yeah, totally yeah. cool with that. And, and that, yeah, so those both came from cannabinoids or derived from cannabis.
0: Shout out to Echo Lectuary. <laughs> Regis, if you're listening, please yeah. come on our show and let us interview you, dude. We're a fan of your work. Man.
2: Well, thank you guys for letting me uh, harp on the topic.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, shit, is there anything else you want to you want to say, man, before you go? Like, Will, do you have any questions? We got four more minutes at least, dude. We try to roll for an hour at least. Yeah, like
3: any uh, other questions doesn't
0: have to be about this.
3: Not not at the moment. I might think of one in a bit.
0: Yeah, the, uh, I was going to say earlier, you guys were going off, so I didn't want to interrupt. Uh, I've seen posts about heavy metal tests um, on hemp crops, and it's cannabis guys who are, it's like funny meme type shit, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't, I guess I didn't really understand the humor so much until I talked to you tonight, you know what I mean? Because it's, uh, it is something that that is a thing, you know what I mean? And. Because ex- I've I've read mad articles too. They say hemp, you know, remediates the soil and and pulls yeah. out any toxins and shit that that you may have had in there, um, including like radioactive isotopes and shit. I've I've read articles yeah. about that. I'm like, man, yeah, that's crazy. And, like,
2: and it's not just the heavy metals either. And I'll I'll, I'll just uh comment on this real quick. But okay. I in my past life. <laughs> I did some work with uh, nanoparticles and the safety surrounding handling nanomaterials. And um, basically nanomaterials is anything that is very, very tiny within a certain definition. I think it's less than 10 nanometers in one dimension. So it could be really long, but as long as that one dimension is less than 10 nanometers, it's considered a nanomaterial. And I think that's the issue with heavy metals is that we breathe them in into us you know, because it's like one metal ion or one metal particle. It's essentially a nanomaterial. And those are very, very bad. Um, just because of the size class, the particular class that they're in, we think asbestos-like difficulties. Yeah. And that that's yeah, yeah. really the issue is that, you know, your body tries to process them and get them out. And when it can't, it essentially just becomes scar tissue and you end up with... Damn. horrible respiratory issues so that's i think that's why now that i'm remembering metal,
0: that word but so, thank you
2: guys again
0: yeah no doubt I'll, thanks i'll for keep coming talking on the show. Keep in,
1: bro.
0: <laughs> no dude like that uh it, it makes it makes sense like maybe maybe people will want to grow indoors for for cannabis and and maybe for for cbd oil type shit if it's gonna you know, pull bad shit out of the soil or you're gonna lose your 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 yield on the second fucking crop on the same acreage.
2: Yep. And and remember too that China and Uruguay and all these other countries are gonna start producing thousands and thousands of hecta of acres or hecta acres of hemp soon. Or are already doing it. So when their product hits the market, we're gonna see the prices of C B D drop even further to the
0: yeah maybe maybe safety like like I like when companies sell themselves on the safety of their products and and being transparent in their processes and shit so maybe all that china Russia cvd will be fucking laced with all kinds of bad shit we'll <laughs> wait and see we'll wait
2: and see <laughs>
0: yeah some some radioactive uh Chernobyl fucking hemp, yeah, you know what I mean like
2: heavy metal testing will be important.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Well, shit, dude. Uh, Thank you, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Paul. We really appreciate it. Um, you shared a lot of good info, dude. Eye opening for me. I have a lot of shit to think about as far as farming futures. <laughs> Any questions?
1: Bro. Send me an email or something. I'm Happy to answer anytime.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And anytime you want to come back, too, dude. Hit us up, man. Like you're, right, you're here on, for me again. <laughs> you're on. You're on the cutting edge, bro. You got game. So. Thank we love guys like you, man. It's it's been an honor. Um, we'll send you the link when we got it for uh, Spotify and YouTube. So. Awesome! Thank you so much. Yeah. Have a good night. I'm gonna go me ahead too, and do my outro. dance, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this was the 27th episode of Concerned Dabs podcast. I was your host, KDM. Kane. with me was my co-host, Will Terps. We had Paul Swift Later, y'all. Solutions, talking about the the vape crisis of 2019. I got to give a shout out to my guys in production, Mitchell Wilson and Jesse Curry. This has been a Main Node and Joseph Street Enterprise production.